next up, BYU Sports Nation. Elijah Bryant and Yoli Childs are on the all-WCC first team. What does BYU's dynamic duo have in store for the league this week in Vegas? Gregor Bell and Trent Placedad join the show to preview BYU and San Diego in the WCC tournament. And Ziggy Ansah is about to get paid. Who is BYU's greatest success story? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, live from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Brian Logan. Welcome, everybody. BYU Sports Nation is live. It's your day-to-day play-by-play right here in Studio B, presented, as always, by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today is Wednesday February 28th, the final day of February. Where has the year gone already? Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with the president of the Las Vegas Chamber of Commerce, Brian Logan. What? What's that? The what? Like you're in charge of, uh, of everything that happens in Vegas. Like you're a big wig in Vegas, which is where Spencer uh, and Jerem and Ben are on their way I guess to I as should, we speak. I guess I should have read that. <laughs> It was too long. I, I, I didn't want to read it. There's way too much to have to deal <laughs> with too right much here. Stuff. I don't need to read that part. I'm good. Oh, because I'm the man in charge. Okay. You're kind of like the man in charge. Like okay. everything runs through you, like tourism, all that kind of uh, stuff. Yeah, that makes sense for BYU Sports Nation. That makes sense that you're not in Vegas, <laughs> that you're here with me. How about that? Right, right. I wish I was in Vegas, especially with it being cold outside. And with snow, supposedly another round of snow hitting us it's either tomorrow or the next so day. So unfortunate, man. I, w- I was in L.A., um, a couple of weeks ago during the during the snow and it was so sad coming back, man. Being cold. And, oh gosh, I I yeah. How about we cheer? Sad. How about we cheer you up a little bit? All right, I'm rise ready. and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Tis the season in college basketball for postseason awards. Yesterday, several BYU players received recognition for their play this year. Elijah Bryant, Yoli Childs were both selected to the All-WCC first team. T.J. Haas was All-WCC honorable mention. Brian, what is your reaction to BYU having two players selected to the first team for the All-West Coast Conference? Yay! Thank you, thank you. Oh, see, yeah, yeah. I forgot I could get that help. Uh, um, I mean, shout out to them, man. I mean, that, that, that's a sign of hard work, dedication, um, you know, the time that you're putting in to, uh, you know, your, your craft outside of, uh, you know, the, the actual court. I mean, uh, not everybody can make first team. Um, and the biggest thing, like we talked about this earlier today, uh, has to do with, with consistency. You know what I mean? I mean, that, that's the difference between anybody and just life Life math, as Jason Wood said, as he taught me a couple months ago. Life math, I mean, the difference between good and great is consistency. Uh, and, uh, you know, that was something that Bronco used to always tell me and, and tell us as a team. So, you know, shout out to them. And, uh, you know, hopefully that, that just gives them a little bit more confidence to say, you know what, I am a top dog. I can play. Look at my, my this, this, these awards. Look at my recognition. Let me go out and, and continue to, to progress and and let's come away with some wins in the tournament. Yeah, I think the word you use, consistency, is spot on, especially for both of these guys. I mean, from the start of the season, both of them have been just that constant. You knew going into every BYU basketball game, you knew what you were going to get out of Elijah and Yoli, and they have not disappointed. They've given everything they possibly could. And, and that's, that's what you're looking for 
especially, you know, in, in college athletics where, you know, there is turnover, where guys graduate. I mean, you, to have those guys that you can count on night in and night out, that, that's what you're looking for. And that's why, you know, BYU has had the success that they've had so far this year. It's because of guys like Elijah and Yoli, for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely, man. Let's, let's see if they can uh, take that momentum and uh, do something with it on Saturday. Ken Pomeroy gives BYU a 64.4% chance of defeating San Diego in the WCC tournament on Saturday. Jason, is this projection too high, too low, or just right? Mm, so this oh, is the, man, do I have to pick? This is the, this <laughs> yes. is the, like the Goldilocks, the porridge like conversation. Oh, too yeah, hot, yeah, too cold, yeah. just mm-hmm. right. Look, I, I'm, I actually thought it would be a little higher than this. I, I think it's a, it's a little low. I would have expected, and I understand that BYU lost to San Diego in San Diego. The first matchup, BYU took care of business at home. And, and this is a difficult matchup for the Cougars. It just kind of has been. BYU, though, has won more than they've lost. And I, I think that that loss to Gonzaga, I think that's a motivating factor for this team. I, I, I like BYU's chances against San Diego on Saturday. I would think it would be a little higher. I'm, I'm thinking, not that this is what's the chance or anything, but I, I'm thinking like closer around 75%. 75%? So I, I think 64 is a little low. Mm. Not significantly, but a little low. I think it's, I think it's uh, too high. Really? <laughs> is that bad? Is that bad? You, got, to see? you have some concerns. <laughs> I'm very concerned, my my friend. Um, I, I mean, I just I just look at you know what BYU has done the last couple of weeks and, and just the latter half of the season, and I just feel like teams have caught up to them. You know, I, I feel like you know teams have adjusted um, from the first matchup to the second, and uh, you know for whatever reasons, you know BYU hasn't made those adjustments. I think you know playing a team another time a third time kind of going back and forth mm-hmm. like chess or checkers so to speak um can help out it's kind of like it's kind of like football and and, and uh and uh, halftime right it's the halftime adjustments but um you know i i don't want to go you know i don't want to say it's too too high because of san diego's situation with their coach you know i, I can do i can only imagine what would happen if bronco is like gone you know especially when he took over i'd be like no 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 what are we gonna do don't talk to me coach how yeah i don't believe you i don't believe you yeah, it's uh, this is you. You look at what BYU did, especially in that game at San Diego, and it's been it's been kind of what what has happened in some of these losses, where just the, the shooting it, it kind of failed them. They just couldn't get the shots to go down. They were they were taking the right shots, they just weren't falling, and that's what happened in that loss at San Diego. So if BYU especially can start out the game shooting the ball well. I, I really like their chances. The Detroit Lions placed the franchise tag on defensive end Ziggy Ansa yesterday. That means he's going to be paid reportedly $17.5 million, making him the highest paid defensive end in the National Football League. Brian, react to that one. Man, whatever church he attends. <laughs> it's going to be a very I mean, nice tithe that check. That tithe and offering, man, that's going to be a nice, yeah, that's going to, that's going to do uh, some good, some good, good damage. Um, but no, I mean, again, man, this goes back to you know what I said with 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 Yoli, um, and uh, and and it, it, as far as just consistency, and uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a good story, man. I mean, it's, it's I'm happy to see Ziggy, especially when I saw him, you know, my senior year uh, when he first came on, not knowing how to put pads on, coaches pointing, telling him, you know, run this way, run that way, do this, do that. 
Um, I think it, I think it's huge, and I think for BYU too, uh, for a recruiting tool to say, look, you know, we got one of the highest paid defensive ends in the NFL right now came through BYU. So if you want to get seventeen, you know, million dollars, you should sign here. <laughs> seventeen million dollars after yeah, see, after your, your career at BYU. See, that's the part that's great. It is fantastic that a former BYU Cougar, and he is very outspoken, that he is from. Here, that this is where he played. He loves BYU. He talks about BYU. And so the fact that you have somebody out there in the public, that it's not just a regional thing. People in the NFL know who Ziggy Ansah is. They know he's one of the best defensive ends in the National Football League. He's going to be paid like that. So to see him have that type of success, it's fantastic, not only for him, but it's great exposure for the university. Here's the other part. Just because they place the franchise tag on somebody, that doesn't mean that they're only looking for a one-year deal. You do this to ensure that he's coming back next year, and then you work on a long-term deal. Let's not forget, Matt Patricia, the former defensive coordinator for the Patriots, is now the head coach there. So the head Mm. coach is a defensive guy. Mm. You can guarantee he wants to make sure Ziggy's staying there long-term. Oh, yeah. yeah. If he's a a defensive guy, (laughs) I mean, you already know. I'm putting all my A's on the defensive side no matter what. So if i got to spend more money, I'm already going to look at my my cap and my budget and say, I'm I'm going to have the defense maybe be 60, 40, 70, 30, (laughs) whatever the case is. I'm going to put my all into defense. So shout-out to Ziggy. Um, by placing uh, a franchise tag on Ziggy Ansah, the Lions guarantee, like Jason said, that Ziggy will play for them next season. Jason, if you could have one player return the year after they left, who would it be? At BYU, right? Yes. So if I could have, so whether they graduated, maybe left early, yeah. if I could have one player come back for that next season, um, ooh, I'm going to go with Harvey Unga. Nice. I am a huge fan of Harvey Unga. And anybody that saw him play, I did. you know why. <laughs> Not only. And Matt, I mean, take what you saw with Jamal Williams and his ability to make the moves and the cuts and have some speed. Then you add the size of Harvey Unga where he could just run guys over. I think I would have because Harvey's last year was 2009. 2009, yeah. So if you look at having Harvey back for the 2010 season, mm-hmm. in that year – BYU went seven. You I mean you know that you know? Yep. Seven know. and six was seven. the record. Yeah, it was bad, man. Was and bad. so if you add if you add Harvey Unga to that, because the running backs that year, your 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 workhorse was JJ D. Luigi. Yeah. His net rushing yards were nine seventeen. I'm not saying that's bad, but if you add Harvey Unga to that, that boosts that rushing attack. That also gives Jake Heaps a safety valve. Yeah. Maybe the Jake Heaps scenario plays out differently if. If Harvey's back that that next year, but yeah, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna place our version of the franchise tag, I'm gonna have one more year of Harvey Unga. I love that man because yeah, I, no, I agree with you, dude. That that would have been a huge difference for sure. And uh, you know, there's some some close games that we had that that we won that we lost, but having just five more first downs, dude, <laughs> running the clock off by like five more minutes of time of possession, you know, somebody like Harvey can do that. And I'm gonna stick with the same scenario and area era. Um, with Max Hall, man. I, and again, I love Jake, but, you know, like you said, the situation, uh, a lot of pressure, true freshman coming out of high school. Um, if I could have my man Max back, you know, somebody that can bring leadership. Clutch. I've never seen a player kick another player out of practice where no coaches were there. 
It was in the summertime. This wasn't you getting kicked out, no, was no, it? No, it wasn't me. This is this was in the summertime, right, where back then, NCAA rules, the, play, the, the coaches couldn't be out on the field with us. And Max kicked off a player. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what, where am I at? I thought this was <laughs> – I thought this is Brigham Young. This is we supposed to be nice. What the heck? But but that that set my my mentality, my whole spirit, my whole physical aura presence. People about knew what me. to what. Oh, was I knew what. Oh, oh, I knew how to work from that moment yeah. on until I graduated. NFL.com's Chad Reuter, I believe that's how you say that, in his latest mock draft, projected Fred Warner to be drafted in the fourth round to America's team, Dallas Cowboys. America. <laughs> Brian, where do you think Fred Warner will be drafted? Uh, I, I think I think you agree with fourth round. I, I agree with fourth round, but it, it really depends on the combine and, and and then and then more so his his pro day. Um, you know, I, I think I think all the, any questions that NFL scouts have with him, um, you know, I think I think that they if they can get those answered, I think he can get uh, he can come up a little bit earlier. I, you know, a, a lot of it, a lot of a lot of things have to go into the full evaluation, especially when you look at you know, a character type of kid, right? And, and that's the biggest thing with the NFL nowadays, especially with me being, being a marketer. It's, you know, is this kid going what, – what's he going to do for our brand, right? Not only in a positive way, but how is this kid – or can he negatively affect us? And when you have somebody from BYU you already, and, and that can make it through, you hear great things, team captain, you already know what you're getting, right? So, so teams are, are starting to look more into the character of a kid. And, and so I think by, just by that alone – if Fred is, is going up against somebody that is even, like, right? Let's say, let's say another linebacker that's just even, dead stats, same forty times, same height, same weight. I mean, I think Fred will have the advantage, you know, for for that reason. But I think going into the combine, having those one on one interviews will allow coaches to get a feel of who he is, you know, dedication that he has for the sport. Because ultimately, he's about to get paid, yeah. and I want to make sure that you don't care about the money and you have the passion for this game still. Well, his skill set is always compared to Kyle Van Oye, and I mean, and that's a really good comparison. We know Kyle Van Oye was drafted in the second round. I would be shocked if Fred Warner is, is drafted later than the fourth round. I think fourth is, sounds about right, and I agree with you. I think that he, he could move up to say the third round yeah. with those those workouts, the combine, all that stuff. Uh, but it's nice to see that uh, that Fred's getting the love from uh, from NFL.com uh, that he will be uh, certainly drafted uh, early, uh, not waiting the entire weekend to right. uh, to hear his name called. Our question of the day, and we we're kind of going back to what we we're talking about with Ziggy Ansah. So in honor of Ziggy Ansah, who is BYU's greatest success story? Our first tweet comes in from uh, Here's Why sixty four. While Ziggy's story is compelling, I would have to say Steve Young is BYU's greatest success story. Six-string to Super Bowl champion to the Hall of Fame. That's quite a ride. But, but wait, I, I like this because the, the ride's not over yet. Look what no. he's doing now, right? He's still... To Monday Night Countdown. Right, exactly. You know, he's, it's still going on. To writing books. Yep. He's, he's, he's everything that... Uh, I want to be when I grow up. Yeah, so you can join this. <laughs> join the show. Use BYUSN as the hashtag. We'll read more of your tweets coming up throughout the show. Coming up, a BYU freshman wins defensive player of the year. Is that a big deal? You'll find out coming up. But next, our favorite Canadian, Greg Rubel, stops by Studio B. How did he feel with Dave Rose taking over last night's coaches show a little bit? We'll ask him. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Don't miss Behind the Mic with Greg Rebell tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. 
Greg will be talking with new BYU running backs coach A.J. Stewart, as well as former Cougar hoopster Akile Wesley and Jeff Call from the Desert News. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. You can follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Always use the hashtag BYUSN. Brian, our question of the day in honor of Ziggy Ansah, who's about to get paid. He's got the franchise tag reported seven. $17.5 million for the upcoming season. So in honor of Ziggy Ansah, who is BYU's greatest success story? This one coming in on Twitter, at CL underscore living. Would there even be a success story at BYU without Lavelle? Preach. Very Preach. nice. I like the way like, yeah. at CL underscore living. That was is, deep, man. coming at it. I, just I like got, that. Like, my heart just skipped a beat. I felt that like deep in my spirit. That's, <laughs> man. Yeah. You know what? I'm excited to ask our next guest this question. He is the voice of the Cougars. He is Greg Rubel, and he joins us now. Hello, Greg. Hello, guys. So now, before we get to the greatest success story question, it is not very often, if ever, (laughs) that you are caught off guard. But last night was not the case. I'm going to ask you 10 questions, and I guarantee you will not get 10 for 10. (laughs) Who who approved this? This is off the script. Yes, very much off the script. I see. I, I was telling you before we went on there. I knew that was coming, so I knew that was planned. You clearly did not. I which did was not. the whole point. Yeah, I was going to break. <laughs> what did you think of that? Because that was re- That was a great segment. I thought that was really clever. I was very caught off guard, totally surprised, and very upset. I did not get ten for ten. <laughs> yeah. You, so the question that you missed. Yeah, it was kind of a weird question. It was, uh, you know, of course, we've been doing 10 questions with all of our guests all season long, and and we had a big glut of them all get 9 for 10. And the question was, how many of your guests did not get 9 for 10 on the 10 questions quiz? And I guessed low. I remember remember two off the top of my head, so I said two. I should have doubled it. It was four. That was the one question I got wrong. But you were in such good company because the majority of people got Got 9 for 10 the whole season. I hope to be the one guy that – Yeah, that's right. And Dave was so sure I wouldn't get 10 for 10. I wanted to prove him wrong. I know. He was angry. The more questions you got right, he got more frustrated. (laughs) That was a good time. It was our our regular season. It was our season finale of the the, uh, road show last night. Good time. Yeah. So we were asking our question. It's out on Twitter. Who was BYU's greatest success story? How would you answer that question? Well, first of all, the, the, the ones you've uh, put out there, the Steve Young ones, are tough to argue. Yes. Uh, I, I was going to do an alternate Fab Five, if you will, and Lavelle was going to be on that, on that list. So we'll put Lavelle on. I guess this is alter, alternate Fab Five. And, you, and there was uh, Johnny Miller. Mm, yes. Johnny Miller has been a part of the game of golf what, for decades now. And, of course, a BYU grad and, uh, and, and played well at B. So Johnny Miller somebody that's been in the golf consciousness for, for what, 40, 50 years. Right. Uh, so I'll go with Lavelle, throw Johnny Miller. Uh, Kyle Collinsworth, because, and again, his story is yet to be totally written, but from where he was, a torn ACL, to get to where he is now on an NBA roster, what a yeah. great success story kind of in and of itself. So I'll throw him, I'll throw, I'll throw him in there as an alternate Fab Five guy. Uh, 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 Kyle Collins, uh, Jimmer Fredette. Jimmer. Jimmer Fredette, considering uh, upstate New York, unknown, didn't start a game as a freshman, to a national player of the year, top 10 NBA draft pick, still getting paid, and now kind of a global icon in, the, <laughs> in China. You could argue that more people know who Jimmer is now than they did when he was national player of the year because he's playing in the most populous country in the world. And, that's and he's famous something. there. Yeah. That's yeah. saying something. Yeah. And uh, Jeffrey R. Holland. 
Yeah, here you go. <laughs> yeah. My, my former BYU president, there Jeffrey you go. There's there my nice. alternate fab five for you. Nice. So with the regular season complete, Vegas this week, the tournament starts this week. When you look at BYU's 22-9 and record as a whole, how, how do you view that? Well, let's keep in mind, BYU's picked to finish third, third in the West Coast Conference behind two very good teams, two nationally ranked teams, uh, two juggernauts, if you will. And uh, that's what they did. And, and as Dave reminded us last night, you know, BYU's picked to finish third, and then Nick Emery goes out for the year. At that point, there were probably some who thought, well, third's going to be a hard thing to hold on to without one of their best players. They lost Eric Mika. You just don't go out and replace an Eric Mika when he was projected to be part of this year's team. It happened in the offseason, but not at a point where you can just go grab another guy that does what Eric does, especially at BYU. I think other schools are better equipped to go get a quick fix. BYU's not a quick fix right. type of program. Okay, so they lose Eric Mika unexpectedly. And Dave, they did not expect Eric Mika to not be a part of this team. Okay, then he's gone. They certainly didn't expect Nick Emery to not be a part of this team. So two of your best five guys, you know, two all-conference players off your roster. And, and so to still win 22 and counting, because they won 22 games last year, they're at 22 and counting right now. Yeah, I think everyone would have loved to have a little more, win a few more games, hang on to the St. Mary's game here at home. But Dave Rose is really pleased with how hard this team fought, how resilient this team was. BYU for a seventh straight year puts two guys on the all-conference first team. So, uh, again, yeah, you want everyone wants more, a little more, a little better. But March brings new life. And as, as Coach said last, said last night, you know, we, we, we sting three games together and everyone's going to get what they that's want. Right, yeah. right, that's right. Um, so, so, Greg, I, I've, I've just, you know, talking to some former teammates and just some fans around the community. I mean, everybody seems a little bit down right now on the team and, and more so just over the, the last couple of years that, hey, we just can't get over the hump of, you know, third place. And, and, and over the last couple of years and even this year, like you said, I, I hear, you know, a, a player being gone or somebody being injured. And so my question is, or, or to, to them in the conversation was, well, how do we get over this hump? How do we get into, you know, one and two? And if, if that's, you know, kind of the, 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 the normal, you know, situation, somebody goes down, is it just a depth type of issue? And we, and we need to get, you know, more, you know, pl better players? Well, depth is an issue. When you consider the former BYU players that are still playing for teams around the country, Frank Bartley and Jordan Chapman and Jake Toulson and Isaac Nielsen and on and on we go. There are a lot of good players playing other places that left for one reason or another. Uh, and when you add Eric Mika and Nick Emery to those four names, those are six names that if they were on this year's team, and they all have eligibility, if those guys were all on this year's team, oh, how yeah. good would this year's team be? <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, again, and Dave's spreadsheet from three or four years ago looked like that roster yeah, this right. year. Okay, you got about half of it. So, so the personnel turnover is kind of unprecedented, and it's not all you know, BYU's doing. These are guys making choices. Right. But if, if Dave had the roster he'd expected to have at this point, how good would this year's team have been? We'll never know. But that said, they still find a way to rebound, stay resilient. This is a nine-scholarship team this year, guys. That, that's not what you expect to have at BYU, yeah. nor anywhere. You want to get old together. Yeah. Okay, the good teams, the great teams get old together. We just played a second straight senior senior night with no seniors on the floor. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, how often does that happen at any program, let alone a BYU? You've got to get old together. You look at the St. Mary's core and the Gonzaga core, and Gonzaga's more equipped to lose a guy, say, to the NBA draft and go find another good guy immediately right. than BYU. And that program, again, it's a machine. BYU's playing in a league with Kansas. 
Okay, Gonzaga is Kansas. What Kansas does in the Big 12, Gonzaga does in the WCC. BYU didn't have a, Ga- a Gonzaga to compete with in the, West, in the Mountain West Conference right. or the WAC. There wasn't that team out there. Well, that team is here now, and that's the team you've got to beat. That's a, that's a lofty ideal. Uh, again, Mark Few's the winningest coach in college basketball. They've got a 20-year NCAA tournament streak going. They've won 17 of 18 conference championships, 15 of them outright. It is a machine. That's the team you've got to knock off. You can be the second or third best team in the West Coast Conference and be a very good basketball team. Yeah. And no one's content with third place. You want to win this league. But, again, look at what you're dealing with. They didn't have to deal with the Kansas of the West Coast Conference uh, in any other league. Well, let's focus in on this week's first game. That would be San Diego uh, on Saturday in Vegas. BYU split, both teams winning at home. The Terreros are coming into the tourney with some drama. What do you make of this matchup with San Diego? Well, they they lost to San Diego just 10, 11 days ago. And I think while you never want to take a loss in that fashion, I I really do think it it, it might aid BYU in really having its best game ready to go on Saturday. And again, USD is dealing with clearly a distraction. Uh, They're going to have to get that, that out of their head and get ready to go. But I think the fact that BYU lost that game uh, gives them an extra sharpness that they can rely on this Saturday and, and fix things that are fixable from that first game. Uh, they're 11-5 and five against San Diego since joining the West Coast Conference, but 4-5 and five away from the Marriott Centers. They have to play better games away from home than they have played against this team. And they have seen USD twice in the conference tournament before, split. These were years ago now, but split 1-1 one and one in those games. Uh, and I, I, I think the attention-getting aspect of what happened at Jenny Craig Pavilion might assist BYU uh, this weekend. I also think that there is a stat that matters that also illustrates how good BYU is when they're favored in the tournament as well. Right. So BYU in the West, and this is a stat that matters, BYU in the West Coast Conference Tournament is 7-1 and one as the favored seed. 7-1 and one as the favored seed. Interestingly, in the Mountain West Coast, uh, in the Mountain West Conference days under Dave Rose, BYU was 8-6 and six as the favored seed. Mm. So a much better, higher percent, a much higher win percentage now in the WCC than the MWC when playing as the favored seed. Yes, BYU was 8-6 and six as the favored seed in those Denver-Vegas years. Three of the six losses came when playing UNLV on its home floor, we should know. Uh, right. BYU was either a, a one playing a two or a two playing a three when Vegas got them three times. So three of the six losses came in one of those home court environments that's really always kind of you know chafed me. Yeah. But that said, eight and six as the favored seed in the Mountain West days, seven and one as the favored seed in the West Coast Conference days. It's been five years since BYU lost a game as the favored seed in, uh, in Las Vegas. This is always uh, one, of my, one of my favorite things, to learn more about your native land. Uh, what can you tell us? What is a cool thing about Canada? We're just going to wrap up the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang. The closing ceremonies were this past weekend. And despite the fact that Canada went without a gold medal in men's hockey, without a gold medal in women's hockey, without any medal in men's curling, which is crazy. and without any medal in women's curling, which is, is Seriously nuts, because Canada has medaled in every Olympics for the men and the women in curling. They get blanked. And yet, and yet, Canada set a new Winter Olympics record for total medals gained by the Great White North. 29 medals, breaking the record of 26 set in the homeland of Vancouver back in 2010. Wow. There you go. 29 medals for Canada without any help from the curlers. Brian is actually trying to get a curling team here on campus. Yeah, I, I've been doing my biceps, trying to, and I posted Dif- it. Different, different curling. Oh, different curling. Different curling. Oh, yes. my bad, my bad. So I still can't have it? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. All right. I want you to be the assistant okay. head coach. All right.
Yeah. We can, we can Brian, do you know what we're talking about when I say curling? Yeah, curls for the girls, man. That's like like the Winter Olympics yeah. curling? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. All right. Yes, yeah, so, no, You have no. seen it. You know what we're talking about. I was just about. trying to be funny, Greg. No, no, no you are maybe funny. I, maybe you I are funny. I was making sure that you really do know what we're talking about. <laughs> Greg, yeah, thank you yeah. so much. We will hear you tonight on Behind the Mic with yeah. Greg Rubel, yeah. 8 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. Indeed. Tune in. All right, there we go. Yep. Coming up, former BYU basketball player Trent Playstead will give us his thoughts on the upcoming WCC tournament. But next, we've got Big Deal, No Deal, German Spencer in Vegas? BYU TV will be in Las Vegas beginning on Thursday, bringing you men's and women's basketball games, beginning with four games on Thursday. Don't miss the WCC tournament on BYU TV. It's always a fun time of year. Welcome back, sports friends. Jason Shepard, Brian Logan in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Coming to you from Studio B. We are also on demand anytime, anywhere. Brian, let's check out some of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Julie Childs and Elijah Bryant were both named to the 2018 All-West Coast Conference first team. T.J. Haas received All-WCC honorable mention. The Cougars began WCC tournament play on Saturday against San Diego on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Game time is at 4 Eastern. I will have radio pregame at 3 Eastern. Women's basketball faces San Diego tomorrow night in their first WCC tournament game. You can watch that on BYU TV at 9 p.m. Eastern. The Detroit Lions place their franchise tag on former Cougar Ziggy Ansah. The tag will pay Ziggy a reported $17.5 million, making him the highest-paid defensive end in the NFL. BYU women's soccer announced its spring schedule. The Cougars' first game is on March 3rd versus the Utah Royals. FC. Yeah, Taylor Isom, part of the uh, Utah Royals, drafted by the Utah Royals. So it'll be fun to see her, obviously, taking on uh, BYU women's soccer. All right, Brian, it's time for Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No Deal. Always one of my favorites. Big Deal, No Deal, presented by Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. It is definitely a big deal. All right, number one, big deal, no deal, Brian. BYU men's basketball has two players selected to the all-WCC first team. Big deal, man. It's no-brainer. Big deal in any way, shape, or form that you can think of. You know, confidence for these guys, confidence for the team. I think it helps out with recruiting as well. Um, I mean, for, for these guys and their resume, trying to get to the next level, whatever that may be. So, big deal, man. Yeah, of course it's a big deal. First of all, both of these players earned it. These right. guys have been playing fantastic. Facts. And, and when you, especially when you look at a guy like Elijah Bryant and dealing with injuries last year, which was so frustrating for him, I know, to be able to be healthy and to show what he can do, man, he has been such a consistent performer Game in and game out all year long. And the same can be said about Yoli. You knew what you're going to get from both of those guys. So to get two players when you know you've got a St. Mary's team that's ranked, a Gonzaga team that's ranked, Mm -hmm. to be able to get two players on first team with those guys, I I definitely think that's a big deal. All right, number two, big deal, no deal. Freshman Sarah Hampson from BYU Women's Basketball wins the West Coast Conference Defensive Player of the Year. This is another big deal, man. Huge deal. How are you going to be a freshman and then be the defensive player of the year? So, I mean, and you know me, man. Defense wins championships, baby. So, I got to say it's a big deal. 
Yeah, it's a big deal. And, and for a couple of different reasons. Number one, it's a great honor. And it, it showcases you as, as the best defensive player in the entire league. People take note of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, help, it helps, too, to be, you know. It, she's 6'7". Six, six, six foot yeah, 20. Yeah, it, it, it helps. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that is unique about what she did this year was she also plays volleyball. And she was in the volleyball season all through non-conference for basketball. So she missed all of the non-conference schedule. She didn't play until conference play started. So she not only so she was going from one sport to another and then came in and dominated the league on the defensive end. Real that's, athletes do that's a big Real deal. athletes do real athlete things, Blazer. You know. That's, <laughs> we need to make that a hashtag. All right. Make that a t-shirt actually. Make it a t-shirt. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big deal, no deal. This is number three. Ziggy Ansah, projected to be the highest-paid defensive end in the National Football League. I'm not even going to answer this one. <laughs> Are we going three for three right now? The, can we have the cricket sound going? So all you're going to give us is a thumbs up? I went to every camera. <laughs> you, man, it's a big deal, man. This is it's huge. It's a big check and a big deal. It, yes, this is, this is huge for everybody that's involved. And I don't mean, like, his family, you know, getting money from him. I mean... The school, um, good for, for the organization, for the Lions. I mean, good for, for Ziggy as well to get that recognition. Um, but, I, you know, somebody like myself who was an alumni who's seen Ziggy, I mean, it's good to see that he's earned it. He, he deserves it for sure. But also, um, you know, what it does when I'm, when I'm out on the, on, the, on the road recruiting, you know, when I'm, when I'm, I'm giving my pitch to kids – um, why you should go to BYU, and uh, it's just more firepower for me and as well for the coaches. So, you know, good job to Ziggy. Look, it's a big deal on so many levels, a lot of what you were talking about. Certainly it's a big deal for Ziggy to be able to be recognized as, as one of the best players in the NFL and to be paid like that. And clearly this is, this is a player that the Lions want to hook up long-term. They want to sign him to a long-term contract. This enables them to have some negotiating time with him. Yeah. But it's also big for BYU, like you brought up, to be able to have that recognition that one of your players is in the limelight like that. The other thing it's a big deal for is it shines some light on his home country of Ghana. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, really. Because, because since this happened, he's been able to go over there and take NFL yeah. trips and NFL yeah. players. It's a big deal all around without question. All right, number four, big deal, no deal. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, and Ben Bagley are on an unsupervised trip to Las Vegas as we speak. Oh, no! <laughs> Big deal or no deal on that one, Brian? This is a, this is a huge deal, man. I'd be, I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous for all of them. You know, un, as unsupervised. See, now, when you have them, you know, these guys individually to get, like, just one-on-one, you're fine. You're good. You know, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have any worries or issues if they went down there individually. But you put them three together mm-hmm. collectively, whew, man. <laughs> this is where I'm breaking <laughs> tradition. I'm going no deal. And you know why I'm going no deal? Because I trust these brethren. Hmm. And before, and also, here's why. Yesterday, before they all left, I gave them two pieces of advice. Number one, remember who you are. Hmm. Number two, return with honor. Oh. I like that, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling very good about these guys on their unsupervised trip to Las Vegas as we speak. I'm no like, deal. I'm, I'm like Drake, man. I got trust issues. <laughs> All right, our last one, number five, big deal, no deal. This is unbelievable. Members of the NFL Competition Committee 
are saying that Des Bryant really did catch the ball in that playoff game against the Green Bay Packers three years ago. I'm going to say no deal, man, because we already knew it was a catch. <laughs> Dang. You, man, and if, it's, it, we talked about this earlier, man. I mean, there was, there's multiple catches like this that, wasn't, that, that weren't called, right? Um, said it wasn't a catch. And then, you know, the Super Bowl comes, and it is a catch. I knew for a fact that it wasn't going to be a catch because of stuff, the situations like, and the plays like Des Bryant. It's no deal because this doesn't mean anything. Oh, that too. This means <laughs> nothing. Be- unless this could be something changed retroactive, you can't say that the Cowboys ended up winning the game. Pride. You can't change history. So it, this just actually makes it worse by saying, oh, yeah, you did really catch that. Yeah. That's just like pouring salt in the wound. You're right, man. You're right, yeah. That's big deal, no deal, <laughs> brought to you by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Question of the day, in honor of Ziggy Ansah, who was BYU's greatest success story? This coming in from at Cosmo underscore duh underscore Cougar. Danny Ainge, multiple championships at the pro level, a beast in his college days, and a successful and competitive executive. The guy is the man. Coming up, find out who made the OWCC first team in the Cougar Whip Around. Joining us next, Trent Playstead. This is BYU Sports Nation. Big Deal No Deal is sponsored by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation is live in Las Vegas beginning on Thursday with the show originating from the Orleans Arena. Join us starting on Thursday at noon Eastern time. Jason Shepard, Brian Logan live in Studio B. It's your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. You can watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern time. Our question of the day, in honor of Ziggy Ansah, who is BYU's greatest success story? So far, we've had Danny Ainge mentioned, Lavelle Edwards, which is great, yeah, uh, Jimmer, Steve, Steve Young, Young, all great options. Uh, this one coming in from at BYU underscore Bob. Uh, at Big Russia 5, obviously Kyle Collinsworth is working on it if he sticks. Torn ACL, couple of years in the G League, makes it to the NBA, and writes ebooks. <laughs> I love the, the last part. He, he writes ebooks, man. Yeah, uh, Greg Rubel, who we had on a little while ago, brought up the fact that uh, Kyle Collinsworth would fit into that yeah. for him as well. Yeah. Joining us now, and maybe we'll ask this question to our next guest, Trent Playstead, former BYU Cougar, joining us on the Desert First Credit Union hotline. Hello, Trent. How are you? I'm good, guys. How about yourself? We're doing pretty good. I, I found out that you and Brian are uh, are neighbors. You guys live in the same community. Yeah, man. Mark, me, me and Brian are boys. We all live out there, out by the Seagrass Golf Course. So, yeah, man. unfortunately, I don't golf. I don't have enough. Yeah, I, but, you know. I don't play. I don't play a lot of golf. But uh, you know that you know you. So uh, his wife and and my wife are good friends, and that beautiful daughter. And you know, I've never talked to Trent about this, but uh, you know. Maybe we can make some arrangements for my son and your, and your daughter. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to get my at least my grand. I'm trying to break. Are we having. Are we I'm arranging to, a marriage wait, on this, this show right this now. This is this is this is important, guys. For somebody who's who's small and short, I'm just trying to break the the, the genes. And Trent, I know that your daughter is going to be taller than my son, which is fine. But I'm just thinking about my great grandkids. And being able to break the cycle, so that's my offer. <laughs> that's right. Well, listen, my my daughter is huge. I mean, she is a she is a big big girl. Like they did her percentiles and stuff, and she's off the charts and everything. So, 
she definitely takes after her daddy in that way. So that might be something Perfect. that might be something to consider. But I'll, I'll have to make sure to run that one by my wife before I start doing this, making these arrangements on on the air. You're right. You're right. It's all right, man. We'll we'll it's talk about binding contract, Trent. Don't right, worry. Right, right, it's, right. it's perfect. It's brainstorming, brainstorming, whiteboarding right now. All right. So I, I want to ask you, Trent. We'll ask you the question: Who do you think is BYU's greatest success story? There are so many things that you can look at to determine success, but there are a lot of different options. Where, where would you go with that question? I mean, I mean, for me personally, I, I just kind of – I would say Steve Young. It, it yeah. would be my guy, but me personally. But there's, there are so many, and, and you can take it so many different ways. But, I mean, and maybe I'm biased because when I was a, a little kid, I idolized Steve Young and I read the autobiography. I mean, so I know his story more in depth some of the others, but he seemed to come out of nowhere, and obviously his NFL career was, he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, how, how much more successful can he be than that? Right, so. right. exactly. Um, you know, so, some other guys that had some good success uh, this year who was named uh, first team, uh, Yoli and Eli, um, you know, very consistent. We talked about earlier in the show, uh, and, um, you know, the hard work, dedication, paying off. You know, what have you seen from, from Yoli and Eli this year that uh, – has has you know allowed them to make it to this position that they're they're in now. Well, they're both very talented, and, and and I've been around them a little bit. I don't want to start be one of those guys that starts claiming that I know them great, but uh, you know I, I've been around them, and they both work hard. They both, you know, they both got in the gym over the summer. I, I've talked to some people on the staff, and I know Yoli worked hard to improve his game, and Eli to come back from his situation with his knee has been tremendous the entire year, and he's been healthy the entire year, which is maybe a success story in and of itself. And so they've just been the model of consistency night in and night out, and they've taken their opportunity and ran with it. And that's, that's all you can really ask of somebody in that situation because they were going to be given that opportunity to begin the year. They just have, have ran with it to the fullest extent. Trent, what is this time of year like for the players? You've just gone through a grueling three-plus-month season, and now you're getting ready for the conference tourneys. Oh man, it's exciting! I mean, they should be nothing but excited. I mean, it's it's got all the anticipation. It's almost like you're starting over. I mean, it, I mean, it's not almost you are. I mean, the nerves and the feelings they probably had for the first game of the year are the same things they're probably going to have for the first game of this conference tournament. You're playing for your life, you know. If you lose, it's over, and you're kind of towards the end of your year. You all the work you put in just kind of culminated to this point. And so I just hope they go out there and they play loose and free with, with no expectations, even though they're probably feeling some. But I hope they're excited and I'm just ready to get after it. Trent, how do, how do you prepare, um, you know, when you, when you were playing to transition into, into the conference um, tournament? And, uh, you know, what do you think that, that BYU needs to do to prepare, you know, transitioning from uh, this past season to, you know, uh, Saturday play? Well, I remember when we were there, when I was there, Coach Rose was always really good about saying this. He said, listen, you just got to win the first game. I mean, and that's really, it's it's very cliche, and I know people you know, are probably going to get, it's not the most sexy answer you could probably say, but without the first game, there is no second game. So right now, they're not preparing for the, the semifinal matchup with, I think their potential semifinal matchup would be with uh, St. Mary's, Mary's, right? Yep. And so they, they shouldn't even be thinking about that. Right now it's all about San Diego and let's approach the St. Mary's hurdle when we get to it. So hopefully they have that approach and they're just focusing on that. Um, I'm sure Coach Rose and the staff is going to have them prepared for that game. And then 
assuming they get over that hurdle, which I really hope they do, and I believe they can, then, then they'll tackle the St. Mary's obstacle, which is going to be another monumental task if they get there. You know, and sometimes, Trent, the first game of the tournament can always be the hardest one. Why do you think that is sometimes? Well, yeah, because like I said, you have all these nerves. You have so much of this anticipation leading up to it. You don't really know what to expect because just like with you having a new beginning, the other team has a new beginning. So it's almost like you don't know what to expect out of the other team because they have a fresh start as well. So it's kind of about who handles it the best. Obviously, talent plays a huge role, but you know, San Diego's going to be coming into this thing thinking, hey, this is our fresh start too. We have a chance to do something special. We just beat BYU. You know, not two weeks ago. You know, so they're they're going to be riding a wave of confidence as well. So you kind of don't know what to expect, and you know, the the ball tips, and you know, basketball is a crazy game. But that's why people love watching sports because crazy things happen, amazing happens. If if the predicted result was the outcome every time, it wouldn't be very fun to watch sports. And that's what tournament play is all about. Trent, so when you play a team twice. Um... You know, it's it's definitely can 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 help you out, right? As far as you know, what you've learned, being able to strategize, make adjustments, you know, the following game. But when you got to play a, a team for the third time, how much more complicated or maybe easier uh, does that make for you? Well, I, I think it's hard to beat a team three times, first of all. But at the same time, when you play a team three times, you really know what they're about. Hopefully, I mean. They're, they're going to be having a new wave of confidence and things like that, but the personnel is still the same. Their plays are still the same. So I, I think tournament play is such a mental obstacle. It's not as much about preparation because you know these teams. You've played them twice already. It's more about who mentally handles it the best. And and sometimes when, you, when you're a team that's blown a team out twice, you play them that third time and maybe a little lackadaisical. You don't handle it mentally well. And maybe when you... You know, have gotten blown out twice. You're scared of that. I mean, there's so many mental things that come into play. And and this first-round match that they have with San Diego is kind of interesting because they just played them not long ago, and it wasn't the best result. But I I was at the game where BYU beat them pretty handily at the Marriott Center. So, I mean, who who knows what the mental makeup of both teams is going to be leading into this first game. That'll be a big storyline for me. Trent, great stuff. We always appreciate you jumping on. And uh, now I know that, uh, that, uh, that both of you live on a golf course and neither one of you are golfers. So that's always interesting. <laughs> hey, listen, when you're seven foot tall, it's hard to find clubs. This that's what I blame it on. Hey, yeah, when you're uh, five foot six, it's hard to find clubs as well. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, Trent, wow. great stuff. Appreciate the time. Thanks as always. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Have a good one. There we go. Trent Place that on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Desert First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Coming up, Ziggy Ansah will be paid with the best of them. That and which BYU players were named all WCC first team? The whip is coming up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Greg Rubel and Trent Playstead. If you missed any of today's show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up tomorrow, BYUSN comes your way from Vegas. Athletic Director Tom Homo and women's basketball coach, uh, head coach, uh, Coach JJ, Jeff Judkins. My buddy. Yes, JJ. Uh, will be on the show. You know what we're going to do right now? I think we should. Whip it. Thank you. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. 
men's basketball. Yoli Childs and Elijah Bryant were both named to the 2018 All-WCC first team. T.J. Haas received All-WCC honorable mention. The Cougars begin West Coast Conference tournament play on Saturday against San Diego on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Game time is at 4 Eastern. Women's basketball. Freshman Sarah Hampson was named the West Coast Conference Defensive Player of the Year and was named to the All-WCC freshman team. Cassie DeVagere and Brenna Chase were both named to the All-WCC first team. Women's basketball will also face San Diego in their first WCC tournament game. That game is Thursday night, live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. Cougars in the NFL. The Lions placed their franchise tag on former <laughs> Cougar Ziggy Ansa. The tag will pay Ziggy a reported $17.5 million, making him the oh, highest-paid defensive end in the National Football League. Also, according to NFL.com, they are projecting Fred Warner as a fourth-round draft pick to the Dallas Cowboys. He projects him as the 116th pick, that being Chad Reuter. Get paid. Soccer. BYU Women's Soccer announced its spring schedule. The Cougars' first game is on March 3rd versus Utah Royals FC. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter, help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Our Rise and Shout today goes to Rory Linkletter and Shea Collinsworth from BYU Track and Field. They were the male and female winners of the Curtis Pugsley BYU Track and Field Athlete of the Year Award. So congratulations to both of them. Uh, Well-earned, well-deserved, and congratulations to both. Our question of the day. All right, Brian, in honor of Ziggy Ansah, who is BYU's greatest success story? Uh, This one in from At Laser Sheep. Steve Young, the guy wasn't supposed to play quarterback. He has talked about the crippling anxiety that he had. He is arguably the most famous BYU player and a household name for his sport. People who hate BYU love and respect him. See, I, you know what, man? I didn't, even, I didn't know. As much as I love Steve Young, you know, growing up in, in, in the Bay Area, I didn't even know he the, the connection of, of BYU and Steve Young until I got here on my recruiting trip. Quite the Not even I didn't know till today you told me that he wasn't supposed to play quarterback. There you go. Our elite tweet of the day, at Price Tyson 97530. Steve Young. Steve is very young. Steve is related <laughs> to Brigham Young. Steve won a Super Bowl ring or two when he was young. Steve Young is a great story. Nice. The conversation continues 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand on BYUSN.com. Hey, for Brian, I'm Jason. Shout out to Charles Little. 